2019. The year a man ran a marathon in less than two hours. Did he? <laughs> the year a desperately disappointed fourth place Adam Jamili broke a nation's hearts all the way from Doha. The year the true extent of Alberto Salazar's corrupt practices and the sinister, irresponsible culture of the Oregon Project truly began to emerge. The year the Diamond League was cut down, the year athletes spoke up, the year KJT conquered her demons and with the world. The year that Jodie and Bayo finally, occasionally, okay, not very often, remembered their own Twitter handle. <laughs> it's been hugely frustrating at times, but glorious at others. And so with just a fortnight of it left, we've got the gang back together, plus our busy mate, Radzi, for Backstraight's review of 2019. I'm Claire. I'm Bayo. I'm Jodie. And I'm Radzi. That was a great synopsis. I was just writing bullet points down earlier and God, there were so many more. I've thinned them down to my very favourites. I didn't get to mention Sophie McKinnon or the three British men in the 1500 final, all the really amazing things we're going to touch on later. Um, God, we're going to record forever, aren't we? Yep, yep. <laughs> Can I put one rule in place now because I just know that we're going to do this. This is about 2019, so when you guys start talking about the 1980s, I'm going to cut you off. But that's the whole podcast. <laughs> and when we start talking about Tokyo, I'm also going to stop you. This is that's for a preview. We'll do a preview exactly in the new year. Exactly. With another special guest mm. who I think has agreed to come on, which is really exciting. Usain Bolt. Who knew? Oh, I <laughs> Better than Usain Bolt. Actually, not very true. I have to say, I was in Doha uh, for the World Champs. And I reckon maybe 11 people came up to me and said, I heard you on this podcast. Oh, genuinely. Oh my God, we have 11 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably, because they actually stopped me and said, you were on the podcast, including three people from BBC Sports. Oh, so no. There you go. Oh, that's How quite bad, because we spend an awful lot of time slagging off BBC Sports. So. But some Sorry. of the stuff the BBC have done are in my highlights of the year, yes, so we'll exactly. definitely okay, touch on that later. Oh, it makes sense. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Clever. Clever. <laughs> I like it. Right, okay. Anyway, my name's Ben Williams, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. I think it's awards season, uh, both in terms of films and culture and all sorts, but much more importantly, world athletics, European athletics, and the like. So let's do our own awards to kick things off. Radzi, you're our guest of honour. Who is your female athlete of the year? So with this one, I'm torn between two. Ooh. Well, we were uh, last week, but I've resolved in my head now, so... Okay. So I'm torn between Delilah Mohammed mm -hmm. and Bridget Koskai. Ooh. There's one correct answer. Yeah. Why? Because I think running two world records in a season, when they most matter, and I understand it's an event, That's you can thing. compete in more than you can in the marathon. Yes. You can run more four hurdles totally. races than you can in a marathon. But to run them against such a prodigious talent as Sydney McLaughlin, who has beaten you in major events in the year, and to peak at those times, and to run a world record in those conditions yes. in the States, it's got to be Mohammed for me. I 100% I agree. And I think it's, on, and we have this discussion every year between marathon runners and multi-eventers because they can't compete as much. And running two very high quality marathons, including a ridiculous world record, is amazing. But I think if you're gonna, I, I'd, I'd have Bridget Costco's world record as the performance of the year and Delilah Mohammed as the athlete of the year. Um, I also go with Delilah Mohammed. Um, I do think though that Bridget has been slightly overlooked this yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. She ran the marathon world record the day after... Um, Kipchoge. Elliot did, didn't, didn't he? Well, world record. Um, <laughs> day after that and kind of got completely forgotten about. Yeah. If that had happened on a different weekend, everyone would have been like, rhapsodising over it. Yeah. No one saw that world record going. Um, and as you say, as a, as a marathon runner, you can't run as many times. Having said that, um, 
two two world records from Delilah Hamid, but it's not just that, it's where she did them in the manner in which she did them in. That's totally. what raised above for me. Um, the two races that mattered the most in the entire year, she set world records in. Um, the other thing I read about Delilah is that she beat Sid the Kid, where all the focus was on McLaughlin, yeah. mm. on her contract, on the sponsorship. Mm. And I think it was the classic scenario of age versus youth. I mean, Delilah isn't of an age where you'd say she's old by any stretch, but Sid is very much the future of that event. And I thought, I love the fact that Delilah knew that was the case yeah. and she put her in her place. Yes. And the only way to do it was to run a world record. Yeah. And that for me, I, am, I was in genuine admiration of her and also her composure. I spoke to her not long after, I think maybe, I'm not sure which race it was, I'm gonna guess it was possibly the first time we saw her run. And she was so relaxed. She looked as though she'd finished a training session and was just reflecting on that. It was, she is something else. I would happily concede Dillalem Hammond, female of the year. And um, the other person we discussed when we were discussing who the idea were left would vote, we said we were talking about Sifan Hassan mm. and what an amazing year she had. Mm. And the back end of her year was amazing. So of course that's what stays in our mind. But when you look back at her year overall, it was all over the place. She came fifth in, in her first race in Shanghai, third in Nanjing, second in Rabat. And then she came second in Henglo in a 5,000, third in London in a 5,000. Um, then she won in Brussels and she won the 10,000 at the World Championships. But it's, it was just weird... Um, a front end back loaded um, mm. season that makes you forget that it was very all over the place at the be beginning of the season. I had not noticed that inconsistency and I think when you look back over the year you never look further than the medals mm -hmm. when you're looking back through things unless it's you're looking for some kind of young talent who's making finals on a global level so yeah I'd forgotten that Hassan had some really erratic races and misjudged a couple. I'm just going to break the athletics chat for a moment to say I'm opening the bubbly, so <laughs> Christmas, of it course. is Christmas after all. So if you hear lots of clinking, that's that's me basically. Well, let's toast Mohammed then. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Right. So we put that one to bed incredibly yeah. easily. Delilah. And I think everyone agreed she was IWF Athlete of the Year. Mm. Um, I'm guessing she'll be Track and Field News Athlete of the Year. So yeah, Delilah. And also, she probably won't get that much love in America in terms of if there were an American sports award, the ESPYs or whatever. So I love the fact that track and field is doffing their cap to her. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Dalila Mohammed, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. That was so, so easy. And I have a horrible feeling that actually we're going to fly through this section because there is only, oh, I think there's only one male athlete of the year. 100%. No. Oh, yes. no, he's I'm looking at your, again. I know who you're going to say. Oh, he was on. I'm sorry, I'm reading Radzi's notes. You've got a similar runner up to me. Okay. Mm, go on up. Radzi, guest of honour, you can lead us off with all of these. Who's okay, your so I presume we're all talking about the Norwegian man himself. Absolutely. The Nordic warrior, Carsten Vorholm. <laughs> However, a man that. And I'm. So with Bridget, I didn't. I was thinking we would say it was going to be Dillila. But for this one, I'm going to fight my corner because Christian Taylor has been sublime. What? <laughs> That's not where I thought this was going. <laughs> Who did you think I was going to say? I assume we were going to have a row about whether Elia Kipchoge um, qualifies or not. not that, that comes later. That comes later. All right, carry on with your, your weird Christian Taylor. <laughs> because when we, the thing that I'm torn about is historically the last, well, since 2012, he has been just almost unbeatable. You think of Prichardo, mm -hmm. Will Clay, Teddy, Teddy Tango. Tango. 
Right, some of the world's best ever triple jumpers. The only one he hasn't really competed against is probably Jonathan Edwards. And then who's the... Christian Kenny? Olsen. Oh, okay, but did Christian go over 18? No. I don't think he did, no. So, in that 18 club, Christian, he's the, I think three times he's been over 18 metres. He's not only, I think, represented a lot of athletes who've been usurped in terms of the Diamond League moving forward, but to get gold again, to push for the world record again, oh man, he's the, and he's so gracious and humble. The, the thing is going, okay, listen. There are so many wagging fingers. I, I, can't, I can't, Christian um, Taylor is like one of everyone's favorite athlete. The, the nicest man, the most humble man, the most talented, brilliant athlete. But this isn't a lifetime achievement award. It's what happened exactly. this year. You agree. And this year, I don't think he makes top 10 in best athlete of the year. He lost um, multiple times. He oh, that world final was scintillating. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't, you don't do athlete of the year on one world final. The athlete of the year is what you did over the course of the, the year. Yeah. And he had, a, he had a perfectly decent year. He won the world championships. He jumped far. He doesn't have the far, furthest jump in the world. doesn't even have the first top three jumps in the world, I don't think. Will Clay was over 18 metres, wasn't he? Or very, very close. Um, Christian wasn't this year. But to me, that you could, you could reverse that and say, well, that's a case of why Christian is so dominant because his ability to compete against a guy right when it counts. Mm. And so I, th I think there's... The tough thing about this is that you either look at a single performance, you look at an average across the year, but when we look at an average across the year, an average doesn't get you, doesn't qualify you for a world championship, it doesn't win you medals, it's about peaking at the right time. But you could, say, you could say about Christian Taylor about multiple other people. Yeah, mm. so they're also, style, you could say, yeah exactly. Like, other people who did what they needed to do during the year didn't have, mm. didn't have um, amazing years by their um, really, really high standards, but did what they needed to do and won the, won the gold medal that, they, that was um, on offer. Um, Christian doesn't, to me, stand out any more than, say, Noah Lyles or, mm. um, you know, multiple other people who did exactly Sam that. Kendrick. Sam Kendrick. Oh, I, exactly. I totally agree. All I would say is, for me, this is about, we don't, you guys don't make this podcast because it makes sense to do it. You do it because <laughs> you love <laughs> athletics. And so when I see Christian Taylor, he brings a smile 100%. to my face. If I want an ambassador for the sport, yep. I'm going to bring Christian in to speak to kids to inspire them about the future. And so for me, that is why I want to, but Claire, go on. I just think all your points are completely relevant and we can chalk them off as bullet points and that is great. Here we go. Completely irrelevant, just not relevant to the question. Those are all contributing factors. Those are all things that can contribute to making someone the athlete of the year. But you can take out the name Christian Taylor, put Carsten Vorholm in for every single one of those criteria and add more to the list. He has had six sub 47.50 Clockings this year. He's been undefeated over all of his seven races. The best season average of all time. time. Better than all... Ed Moses. Yeah. The second quiz, second quickest time in history. <laughs> <laughs> he is still so young. He is full of personality. He's got an amazing relationship with his coach. He manages social media brilliantly. He is, if you wanted to put athletics on the shoulders of someone, he would be more than capable of bearing he that. He also won the European Indoor Championships and the European totally. record over 400 metres. He runs like a lunatic, like a masochistic <gasps> lunatic. He's a walking sound bar. <laughs> he is just he ticks every single box for me and he's still only what 22 you said he's a walking soundbite you're a sitting soundbite that was that was a pretty difficult case to come back with <laughs> you're gonna have okay. a tough time here I today Mercy. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna save it for performance okay i will i will give in i will get to know what i think okay i think that i wanted to just let the world know about Christian Taylor and that for the fact he is the man. Just he slide into his him. DMs or something. <laughs> 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 
Then he's the just athlete. Just send a <laughs> Great. Now I have to mark this episode as explicit as well. Jodie. <laughs> One day there won't be a little E next to one of these episodes. Uh, no, but all those things about Christian Taylor, he is absolutely amazing. And we did ask on, on Twitter for people to tell their favours, and, and I can't find, I'll find it later on, but someone did say Christian Taylor for starting the Athletics Association, which 100% we're giving mm. props for. But I don't think he's the athlete of the year. Who do you think yours is then? Are you going with Carsten? Carsten, 100%. It's not even close. So we've got I mean, there's literally, I don't even, my second athlete of the year would maybe like Daniel Stahl or something, who, when you look at, when you compare everybody, he kind of, for me, comes out second, but he's way, 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 way the distance. What are your thoughts on Elliot? So for me, he's performance of the year. What, in London? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, we'll come, well, let's come to performance we'll come in a minute to... then. Cause... Let's do performance then. Oh, okay. I think we actually all might have different answers to this, which I'm really looking forward to hearing. Um, the thing about performance is there's multiple different ways of, mm. of um, yeah. defining it, that isn't there? That was a point so. well made by someone on Twitter, actually. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was David James. Someone pointed out that there's such a difference between race of the year, performance of the year. So my performance of the year is Muta Zeshabashim in the <gasps> oh, yeah. world high jump. So um, interestingly, that's my moment. Oh, 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 oh pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I get, I get the <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I, I genuinely agonised over these mm. to then have my ideas just slapped down <laughs> by. <laughs> no, that's that's really interesting what you say there because are we doing moment as well? So is that so performance and moment where? Oh, but moment we said could be anything, didn't we? So, so I think this. I, I, I actually agree with you there. Mm. Okay, that, I think that, that, I think there can be a little bit of crossover between those two ones. Okay, well then, Bear. Why is he your performance of the year? Well, he's and then... not. He's now. He's. I'm now sharing oh, the moment with Adzi because that so makes the more sense. Really doing massive here. This is so interesting. So now I've got to rethink my performance. So. Okay, we'll give you a moment, Jodie. Who was yours? Um, what was yours? I, I guess um, boringly, it's Carsten again because which one? Sorry, hold on a second. Performance can be anyone. Any performance isn't isn't gendered, is it? In this? No. 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 Okay, oh, so. of course not. Ah, oh, now I'm confused. Yeah, okay, so confusing ourselves. Aren't it's we? Bridget then. Bridget Cosgrove. Yeah, I would agree. Because that world record, and I feel a bit sorry for her, because like you said, it was overshadowed by um, Elliot the day before. Also, she's not a well-known figure in the athletics world. I mean, I know the name, but I couldn't have told you. I know she won London, but I, wouldn't, I couldn't tell you anything else about her. So when you're come out to the general fans, even athletics fans, she's not a famous name. So it, it, that takes a little bit of the kudos away from it. And also, but the thing is, that was... Paula's world record was just one of those outlier world records that we didn't even cross our minds that someone mm. was going to break it. And if we did, it would be it would be someone who we thought there'd be a bit of build up. It wasn't one of those records you just go and smash. Like, so interestingly, it's the same year that Dylan Hammond's world record was broken from. Yeah. 2003. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Both 16 year old world records. But if you think someone like Saidi Nasser ran like 48, 12, whatever crazy, mm. crazy time it was, and we're all like, oh my God, that's it. Now, she didn't even come close to Rita Cox's world record, which is what Paula's was an outlier, you know, the same mm. consequence. Um, but because Bridget didn't do it at a major championship, because she did it where people weren't really watching, you had to find a link online or something. We read about it the next day or saw it on Twitter or something, and it doesn't register in the same way yeah. as actually watching it live, does it? So I would agree she is the, the performance of the year. No, there's other world records, but they don't, that is the biggest and best world record of the lot. Yeah. Can I also put a, put, put a thing in for the world record run by the um, American Mixed Relay team? 
I totally <laughs> forgot about that. For about half a second, every one of us was silent. I, was like, I actually believed you just for a moment. We'll, we'll come to that later, I'm sure. <laughs> I took performance in a slightly different... I kind of took it in two ways. So I thought performance, because athletically it was astonishing, but also in terms of the showmanship-ness of it, was Barsham for me. Mm. Just for how kind of involuntarily out of your seat a viewing experience it was. I think I stood up every time he cleared a jump. He set a, a season's best by 10 centimetres in that competition. He was the only athlete that packed out the Khalifa International Stadium. Rad, so you were there. What was that like? It was an absolute privilege. I was sat on the other side of the stadium watching that and it, it was a thing of beauty because mm. the difficult from position from my perspective was I couldn't see how far from the bar he was taking off. Too far. We, too far. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, see, it's an interesting point that because I almost think some people rewrite the rule book. Yes, true. And if somebody is, like, he's not the best ever at what he does in terms of hasn't broken the world record. However, when somebody is that good, I almost think, well, who decided it was the previous way? And it's things like that that can cause the inception of the evolution of the next thing. So I partly think, wow, that to me is even more impressive. But to see him, the, the atmosphere inside that stadium varied, as you well heard and saw. <laughs> but there was absolute tension. Every single time he jumped, and I personally having a, a dad that was from Zimbabwe and to see to know he has family from Sudan and to see that in the context of Doha told its own political story. Then we have the fact that he is the face of that championships. Yeah. Then we have the fact that he's injured and he is by no means at his best. But most of the crowd don't know that. They just think he's the guy we've seen, he's the best, he's going to win. And then it's I, I'm not sure the increments, but we see 31, we see 30, and I, I remember for every single jump, I thought, if he can clear this first, he's cleared it first mm. time, what? And the, the elation was so unique in Doha, mm. it wasn't a rowdy British crowd, it was this respect and awe, and it, it was a thing of absolute beauty, and that for me is why it's my moment. <laughs> I, 100%, I'm so annoyed about I think I've said this before on the, on the thing. I entered some kind of prediction contest. And when you enter a prediction contest, your loyalties are split between who you want to win and who you've um, chosen who you've chosen to win. So, I mean, I mean, I probably came last in that prediction contest, but I'd chosen that, I don't know his name, the Bulgarian guy who won the, the under-23s. He jumped, he jumped to 36. So I'm wanting him to win. So every time he fails and bars you, <laughs> like... So I never really got into that competition like I should have. And I'm not doing prediction contests anymore because they, they undermine what I really love about athletics. Mm. I don't care like, who wins. I want, I want to be able to enjoy it and not be worried at what points I'm scoring. But I think the thing with um, Barshim was, it's one of those rare, rare moments. Yeah. Although so the most champs, I suppose, there is one. Um, where everything comes together, yeah. so, so, yes. you know, where it shouldn't have happened, and mm. so often you have like a fairy tale story of someone you've never heard of, or someone. His is kind of all those things in one. He was injured, and it was in his home country. If it just been in his home country, it would have been amazing. If he had been injured the year before, it would have been amazing. The fact that it was both of those things, and he came from nowhere. I mean, no one thought he was going to win, no. did they? So it's a, it's one of those kind of fairy tale stories, which is yeah. why we why we watch mm. athletics. Do you remember his mix zone interview? No, no. That's because there wasn't one for oh. oh. anybody. Because as soon as he won, the prince came down onto the track. Oh yes, I and saw just the shot. Took him away. 
And to me, that is the equivalent of Queen Elizabeth going, right, that's it. I've just seen that, Jess. Come Jess, on, back to Butts Palace. Correct. <laughs> Jess, Mo, Craig, get in the car. <laughs> it, it, was, it was joyful. And it was like, I think he became the adopted nation for all the nations around the world. Yeah. He was, so many people just thought, that is the guy. The way he smiles, his deportment, the way he carries himself. Mm. Fantastic. He's another Christian Taylor. Yeah. Another Christian Taylor. He, he's one of those people who everybody loves. Yeah. You've got to be really weird not to love him. You know, it's like... You've what got to be possible... competing in the sport. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they like him as well. Yeah, I think they do actually. But yeah. what possible reason could you not? So therefore, whatever the circumstances, we all like will him to succeed. Mm. And then these circumstances on top of it were just like... Especially special. as every time he cleared a height, he would rip his number yes. off. And he was having to reattach a number in between every single clearance. I was worried there was going to be some like bylaw. Oh, <laughs> and imagine. again, we will come to this later, like rules and regulations. But I was thinking that some like jobs worth was going to be like, no, unfortunately, can only <laughs> Subsection three two <laughs> says that like you can't rip your the, of all the countries for not to be a jobs worth, it's Doha <laughs> because doesn't matter what happens, someone will say just so you know he still wins, <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. And the other thing that's nice about him is of all the Bahraini Qatari athletes, he actually was born in Qatar. Yeah, that's He's right, not yeah. someone who's been imported from mm. Mauritius or wherever else. Mauritius. Uh, I just that's just a. That hotbed of athletics. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's um, uh, Sam before? Mauritania or something like that. Yeah, yeah so they, they don't mind where they get their stuff searched of the globe. We should also say, I mean, the men's high jump was of a pitiful quality this year. Mm. Um, overall, it's got to be like the, if not one of, if not the worst event on, on the circuit. So the fact that the greatest moment of the championships comes from that, That's and with a decent true. jump as well. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was mm. one in 33, it was one in 37, which is a perfectly decent winning jump. So for me, there were two performances of the year. Okay. One, a bit of a cheap one, the Kenyan fans in Doha. Oh, right, yes. oh that lovely was, shout. That was, it was absolutely... I felt so privileged to, to see that and to see those people have that moment and to mm. see Kenya perform so well. I think they inspired Kenya. The athletes then inspired the crowd and it had that symbiotic relationship. But it was also the Ethiopian fans. Totally, good, right? totally. It was more that the Kenyan fans reflected the energy that came from the Kenyans. But talking of Kenya, my performance of the year, and I'm happy to go toe-to-toe metaphorically about this one, Elliot Kip Chogi. All right, boys, over to you. <laughs> we, we asked on Twitter for people to tell us their mm. favourite moments of the year. And the first person to reply was David James, which is Fan Athletics. And he said, um, Elliot's... He said lots of other things, and we'll go actually later on. I'm just going to read some of the tweets that people have sent in because these are people who've listened to us and engaged with us all year, so mm. I want to give them a shout out. But he said, Elliot Sub 2, um, uh, which I replied, I might be in the minority, but I don't count Sub 2 as an athletics performance. You might as well include someone from Ninja Warriors. And that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. It wasn't an athletics performance, it was a great sporting performance, it was an amazing human um, achievement. achievement. But it's nothing to do with athletics. You might as well include people who run 100 metres with a, point f- a five metre wind behind them. Or like people who throw a javelin that is a different weight. It's, not, it's nothing to do with the IWF athletics. I feel like it's if, say, um, I don't, Ronaldo took part in comic relief football and scored 10 goals. <laughs> but you see, that, so I would agree with the metaphor, the example that you gave about the 100 metres with a, with a wind speed. I think that's an interesting point in of itself. Because when did wind gauges first come in? 
Prior to that, that was still the world record. So we've created rules to add to athletics. The marathon in and of itself is essentially to do with a feat that happened during war. So the notion of the creation of athletics... <laughs> did you did you know like how how um, the marathon started? It wasn't to do with anything. So I suppose what I mean is we can't speak about athletics as though it's been that way forever. No, and that but, but that's I, I I agree. But we're judging who is the not who is the these athletics performance based on the rules that we have in athletics that are set by the IWF. I didn't stipulate that, though. No, okay, then, then we, could, we could pick anything then. But you, can, you okay. could go through all kinds of sports. So there's some ultra runner who has run, like, a thousand miles in 24 hours or something who is a spectacular performance we know nothing about, I won't take any notice, who it's clearly it would, would actually be a better performance than Eliud Kipchoge. But that, wasn't, but that isn't an athletic discipline in that. This, was wasn't, this? this wasn't an athletic discipline. But he ran a marathon. No, 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 he didn't. Even according to the IWF, don't call it a marathon. The IWF have said he Got set it. a record in the 42.2 kilometre race <laughs> literally on the IWS website see I, I get why they're, dis- they're having this because it wasn't a marathon <laughs> see so did you ever see um, the world record for the deadlift when Eddie Hall pulled 500 kilograms off the ground and so no. you watch every day don't you guys <laughs> well, when I'm not doing spot quizzing videos <laughs> His world record is not sanctioned under IPF rules, which is a powerlifting federation, because, for example, he was wearing straps and the, and the notion of the ruling which comes in that powerlifting federation. The thing is, if you ask any person who goes to a gym who's ever lifted, what's the world record for the deadlift? They'll all say 500 kilos, even though that's not the case. So for me, obviously there are nuances to how we measure things in terms of the marathon in athletics, and therefore it's not sanctioned under world athletics, but for me, what he did, he ran a marathon, he did something that no human has done before, and w- the ripples that were felt around the world were to me akin of Usain Bolt in New York, Usain Bolt in Berlin, and Michael Johnson in Atlanta 96. It was that meteoric. And that, oh, you're, you're not convinced, are you? No. Well, no, because they were all performances that were legitimate world records at legitimate events. He didn't have, they didn't have 37 pacemakers and special um, shoes and yeah, special, um, and special tarmac course. and special courses at a certain at time of the day. Time, yeah. So I, I'm, not, I'm not denying the we're not, we're magnitude not, we're not, of the performance. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying it, you can't compare it to any other performance this year because it's, it was set under different rules. But it's not an athletics performance. It's by definition isn't an athletics performance. It's an, it's an athletic performance, maybe. It was, it's, a, it's not a, a track a, and field. It's not a track and field athletics. So if we're deciding what is the greatest performance this year in track and field we have to compare it like to like it does it doesn't it literally isn't part of that it doesn't it doesn't qualify so okay but then the, the notion let's take that notion of it's not part of track and field nor were mixed relays until no not should they, not should they be? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that but, but there, there could be if they were to decide okay out of interest so let's say world athletics said that we're going to change the ruling on marathon running that you can do spectacle events how would you feel then about his record? Are you saying instead of the marathon? So no, 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 saying... no. So, as, so they just decide that we're going to change the ruling because we feel that in order to push the sport and push the margin and push the boundaries, we want to see more of that. 
Well, the thing is, we have nothing to compare that with. We don't even know if that was good or bad performance because there's nothing to compare it to because it's never been done before. That might have been a poor performance. He did it the year before, you're going to say. No, I was just going to say, can we not all agree, though, that he is the greatest marathon runner to have ever competed and therefore we can assume that nobody else in those conditions could equal what he achieved? No, because maybe he's having an off day, but we'll never know Um, because we don't know what the actual peak pinnacle of what you can do in those having an off day, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who knows what I could run under those circumstances? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel what you say about there about um, whether if the idea of brought it in as a as world athletic well this is my point I was going to say the way I would feel about that is the way I feel about the name change of the IWF oh, like, I, I just kind of ignore it for the time being <laughs> but would you accept it if, if the rule changed I mean yeah ish so you so for you it's an issue of ruling no because th- that's what we're judging today if, if we're going to talk about that, we might as well, like I said, we might as well talk about someone was brilliant on Ninja Warriors. No one has ever crossed the cost, got across that, that course in the same, same, same time. Someone tossed the caber really, really well at the It's a totally games, different you know? thing. It's like, it's like comparing someone, I don't know, who did good in rugby, Claire. I don't know. South Africa. Africa. There you go. It's like competing. It's a different thing. It's not what we're talking about. But you see, we can't compare men throwing a ball about and catching it and running with it to so maybe a made by 40 people in special shoes, illegal shoes. Okay, but then for just for example, when you see people running in various marathons, they essentially run in packs. They essentially create that peloton effect. And people would then say... Oh, but psychologically, that's incomparable. Because yeah. of the... Elliot was running with those people in the knowledge they were there to help him. I don't know if you that. Totally. They weren't even running the whole race. Mm. So they were dropping out and coming back in, which is just totally, totally not allowed. It's, it's just against the rules. <laughs> we're a stickler for rules here on the backstory. Clearly. Boys. You know we're very establishment. <laughs> we could have this argument forever. <laughs> we for well. two hours. Exactly. So I'm going to take control and I don't have a microphone to drop, so I'm going to drop my Yorkshire Marathon 2013 pen. I'm gonna say, and you're gonna to have to fight me to prove me wrong here, but the moment of the year was Katrina Johnson Thompson shot put PB in Doha. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I don't think the audio even picked up the sound of my plastic biro landing there on my notes, but how can you beat that moment? Oh, Kat, that's so amazing. Wasn't she just? And that was, was my moment. the best thing about that is... So move on to moment, by the way. We're on to moment. Because oh. KJT could have been a potential performance of the year for me. Mm, but I can see that. On to moment, on to moment. Mm. Um, that, oh, I, it, I'm just speechless. Because you know when you've been seeing someone for so long and you've been wanting her to get it right Mm. and she gets it wrong and we're like, oh God, is it ever going to happen? And we, not, I'm not saying we'd written her off because we know how much talent she's got, but I think we'd stopped investing so much in her because we got, because we got, no more than she got, exactly. Mm. It was like being in a relationship (laughs) where you keep getting hurt. Keep going back for more. (laughs) But like she came through, like I just, uh, just amazing. I just, every time I remember her smiling, I smile. Yeah. And I think every time Kat gets happier when she competes, and she is also obviously getting technically better and hardier and grittier, but it's the fact that she's happier when she's competing. And when all of those come together, she's pretty unbeatable. And it's so exciting. I know we're not allowed to talk about the future, but I feel like this was such a volter in her career. And this is the moment that Katrina Johnson Thompson didn't announce herself to the world because she did that back in about 2012 but the moment where she merited the pressure that we put on that yeah. girl every time she steps out and because she's done that now yeah the pressures are, it's a, I mean it might be a different type of pressure it might not be easier it might be even more difficult but 
it's a different mentality now. She's proved to herself she can yeah. do it. She doesn't need the self-doubt. It wasn't because Naffy underperformed, no, even though she did. The, yeah, exactly she, I mean, she did underperform a little bit and she was injured. But even if she hadn't, she's she only done better than that once and never in the championship. Albatross is gone. The monkey is gone from yeah. her back. And those two next year in Tokyo. Mm. And how, how lovely to say, would you please welcome to the stage the world champion yeah. and British record. I know. Wow, yeah. That is just... Absolutely first class. And it was great when Denise and um, Jess were actually in the studio, like debating with the she's going to do it. And they both seemed genuinely happy she was going to do it. Didn't mind at all that she was so, taking it. So what was lovely is as basically in the, in the 800 metres, I didn't watch Kat cross the finish line. I put my head into the studio to watch Denise and Jess's reaction. And you know there's the award show applause when you've been shortlisted and you haven't got it. It's that, <laughs> ha, 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 yeah. I'm so pleased for them. Did, did they... Jonathan Edwards face? <laughs> <laughs> Michael's got that down yes. as well. Okay. <laughs> Good work, Wayne. They loved her breaking that. They absolutely yes. loved it. And I, I felt proud to A, get to witness those two witnessing it. But the... The community and the solidarity that their multi-eventers have on the track clearly has a legacy and a history yeah. that means, what do you do? I multi-event. Hey, I used to, therefore I like and respect you and will support you. And I thought, you know what? We have such a lovely line of Mary mm, Peters, yeah. Kelly Southerton, although possibly not quite at the same level, Denise, Jess, Kat, yes. And so exciting to know that once she's back healthy again, we've got Neve Emerson horse mm. on her heels. Like, the future is so bright. Just um, about all the time you're speaking, I had something to say, and I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there. So my actual cat moment was after the hurdles. Yes. And it was it was because I thought it was a good performance. You then establish the time. You think, oh my goodness, you saw her reaction. Yeah. And I thought I've never seen that before. Yeah. She is delighted, and she didn't try and stifle it. She just fully embraced, was fully present, and all I asked myself then is, is this a new KJT? Yeah. And it was. And so interestingly that we've got mm. different moments for the same. The thing is with that hurdles race, with, with Kat, we've always said she needs to improve her throws, she needs to improve her throws, which she does. But that hurdles was not commensurate with what she, what she done, eight, I think, 8.13 indoors over 60 hurdles, was, is much faster than her... 13.29 and she ran 13.29 over and over and over and over again every year she's run 13.29 or 13.30 so for her it was such a psychological thing and it also says we're not we haven't just improved in the strength events we've improved in a speed event that I should be good at I should be better at because of like your jumping and sprinting ability so from that on you're like oh okay mm. and yes. it was interesting do you remember we all will have noticed this back in 2017 at the World Championships in London, where she actually did a decent shot put. And she was like screaming, she was really happy. And we were there and I saw it and I said, she's smiling, because you never see cat smile during a, during a multi-event. It just didn't happen, did it, does it? Then last year, in 2018, she had like lots of success. Didn't win the Europeans, but other than that, had a really, really great year. And you could see she was like feeling better about everything. She wasn't so like uptight throughout the whole thing. This year, again, at, this, at the World, totally different cat. As you say, from the first event, she was smiling and she never stopped smiling since. And it just, we, we've all watched over the years, haven't we? And it's like, it seems like cod psychology that like, oh, she's not enjoying herself or whatever. But you could tell. And the difference between this year and three, four years ago, they're two completely different women. And it's no surprise that she's now performing so much better when you can see she's enjoying herself so and much And the more. pressure that that puts on TM yes, as yeah. well. 
Very good point. I hadn't thought of that, yeah. So the, the, now TM is like... Because TM's always... I mean, at a championship since 2016, is like amazing at a championships. Amazing at a championships. And she overperforms, yeah. which is the opposite of what Kat normally does. And now Kat's someone that overperformed, which I think psychologically... And I know she's been injured, but that was... But she's jumped really well in the... It, the long jump was the event. Yeah. It wasn't even a throw. It was when, when um, TM jumped, what, 6.30 or 40 mm. in the long jump. And Kat jumped 77, I think. Um, and that is, that's a distance. And that is, that's always been the event where you're like, Kat should be ahead, should be ahead. And TM's caught her and caught her and caught her. And she, she stamped authority um, where it needed to be done. Okay. The other thing, I remember what I was going to say earlier, is how interesting that Kat is the British record holder. Because Jess, like, we know how spectacular Jess was and how iconic Jess is. And Kat's actually performed better at her at you, a World Championship. Because you don't actually think of Kat having better events than Jess in anything, do you? I mean, the high jump, long jump. High jump, long jump, yeah. Mm. But, but the even, long jump, yeah. But even, even so, they're not, like, worldly. You don't, she's, like, 20... Because mm, Jess was five, so fast. Yeah, 63 yeah. was mm. Jess's best ever in the, in the long jump, but she but, usually but jumped But when you 50. think she did, a, a, like, a 52 in the hurdles, you know, um, yeah. you just don't... You can't imagine that Kat... And is much better than her in the shot put and the javelin. Yeah. 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 So where are the points coming from? Where are the points coming from? And the 200, she's no better. Oh, no. 200 Kat. Cat's rapid. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, Jess is sub-23. Yeah, Jess is much older. Jess is quite a bit faster. Over than Cat, over 200 yeah. metres. Absolutely. Um, Cat's supposed to be 79. 79, is it? And Jess's was like, I'll, I'll look it up, but... Jess. But it's very similar. Mm. So I think what it is, she's strong. It, she must have... I don't know, I've not thought about that This before. also comes in the wake of the Diamond League long jump meets, mm. where Cat performed extraordinarily and Tiam bettered her yes. mm. and, and you sort of thought is that a metaphor for their their legacy yeah. their head-to-heads mm. and even the way Kat again it was a stifled celebration she'd outperformed herself but she'd been bettered and she hadn't come to do what she'd aimed to and so to then see her in the world beat that same person in that event in such an emphatic way it's and also I love it for her mum mm. because <laughs> she said afterwards I'm not sure if it was to Jess or if it was to Gabby sorry to um, Jeanette or to Gabby she said, I wanted to make my mum smile. Aww. And I thought, I love you more for that. <laughs> and I think sports personality of the year, I'll put one out there. I think Cat comes top three. Ooh, I'm just going to chuck one out there because I think depending on the VT they show, if they show Cat being a young girl, single parent family in Liverpool, she tries her best, she goes to 2012 for the experience and then it goes international, underperform, international, underperform, underperform, and then she goes to France, and then it happens. I think Britain love that. I think with in athletics at the time we spoke about this. Dina got all the attention more so than Cat. Mm, yeah. Afterwards, Cat, we've kind of reflected and realised Cat's actually was the better performance. But I don't think the general public are going to see that. I think Dina will beat Cat. Well, I, just, quick, just quickly, yes. Cat's um, versus seventy nine. Jesse's versus eighty three. I think what's easy to forget is Kat did also a British record because she set four personal bests in Doha. Yeah. And she really, overperforming is absolutely the word for it, to produce those. That's the sort of thing we've come to expect from the Emersons, the TMs of this world, but never from Kat. She doesn't PB in champs. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah, I, like, we've gone a big... Well, we need to talk about Kat. A big line, <laughs> KJT, I'm thrilled. We're just very... We started off saying about Kat's shot, but we just all need to 
mention once again our actual favourite though at the entire that was just joyful that was fantastic in the world championships you know I, I enjoyed I mean I actually absolutely loved the world championships like we didn't think we were going to but I absolutely loved every moment of it but the moment I jumped at my set and screamed more than any other was when Sophie McKinnon threw what 1863 <laughs> or something so I um, I was in the mix zone when she just put that out there and I said to the camera guys the normal etiquette is the camera essentially faces forward and then you wait for the athlete to come into frame and I said get the shot of her coming up the stairs because what she's going to do is she's going to see us and it's going to dawn on her what she's now about to talk about which is what she's just done and she's going to get emotional and we're going to get it once (laughs) we're going to have this moment once and as she came up she looked up at us and I gave her the biggest smock because I, I felt proud. Yeah. And she just said, don't, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> and it was wonderful because I saw her cry at the European Indoors this year for the whole other reason. And it was disappointment. And to see tears of sadness turn to tears of joy. And that was her final. And it was, I thought, yes, Sophie, that is how you do it. You don't think about saving something yeah. back and then not getting a chance to go to the final because you've held it back, and then saying, why did I do that? You put it out there, and are oh, tremendous. And we, she came on the pod, like, um, just oh, after. Did she? Yes, she came on. Mm. And um, it was so nice to I mean, talk. if you listen, then... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> we had Sophie, we had Tom, and we had Adam on, just after... I heard Adam. How, how did I miss... No, I did hear Sophie's. Uh, I now, did. We, now we remember. No, I, um. I, ge- I genuinely did because she was. What surprised me was she was almost. She wasn't as emotional as I thought she was going to be. She was actually quite composed mm. about it, and she was. I do remember. Yes, and I just what that this her and what she did there is why we love athletics yeah. because we talked about it on 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 when we when I interviewed her. Um, certain events get attention. Certain types of body shape and all the rest get attention yeah the women's shot put is not one of those so to toiled away for years at an event that is not appreciated in britain totally. and not had any funding being taken off of funding like after one year when you were when you just well, the senior ranks and all the rest of it but just to whittle away and whittle away and whittle away and come to think when well, you're literally world level borderline like um ne- like she's finalist she could potentially get medals in definitely the Europeans next year, maybe. And she's getting better and better and better. And as a junior, she, was, she won global medals. And there's no reason why she can't do that again. And she's going to do it on her own terms. She just turned down funding. She was offered funding. Oh, she turned it down. Literally, literally just I'm not 100% enough. sure why. I need, to, I need to call her because mm-hmm. um, I don't know what strings were attached to I funding. I think I know why. What do you think? So for me, it's... I, you didn't give me help mm. until now... I've got there now. So if you like, why do I need it now? And I think it's an empowerment thing. I think it's an independence thing. That's what I would guess. But there, I mean, I assume there's some kind of strings that come with it. Otherwise, take that money. Like it's mm. tw- 28 grand or something. If you want, she wouldn't been on podium. She would have been on potential, but whatever it is, it's 20 odd grand that you don't have to pay back unless you earn 60 something. So, so take it. But she's got, she's got local sponsors, she works, she's happy she's doing that, yeah. and she's going to make it her own way, and she's going to, I just think, I think it's brilliant, and I'm so pleased um, 
to have her on the stage now and the attention she got she's got loads of attention mm. not just for getting for the final but because of that human reaction which also, people love kudos to Jeff Capes as well her first coach uh, at that level because he was a person who laid the foundation and now she's obviously gone on to the next level and we've realised her potential and hopefully it will continue but it's a bit like the cat thing she reacts to the hurdles She's in Sophie's case she's now got this new PB and hopefully yeah. that will put her on a new trajectory and we will continue to see that progression and when it does it opens up being the world finalist she can get into she'll get into the Diamond League next is the shop in the Diamond League don't oh, worry it's one of the few <laughs> events to have spikes so she can get she can actually make some extra money can so I just say just because I'm a, a top class journaliser here I'm going to tell you exactly why um, Sophie didn't take her oh, go on. funding. Oh, in fact, I'm going to read a statement from Please. her. Please! <laughs> I today have been offered funding, <laughs> but have decided to turn it down. It oh, it doesn't say anything. No. Right, so cut that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't cut that it, bit. It, it just doesn't give a reason. She's unwilling to risk changing her preparations. Yeah, but then what does so, that mean? So we don't know what those strings are, but that does imply that there are stipulations that come with the money that would jeopardise, in her opinion. They're probably saying you've got Olympics. to go and train at Loughborough or yeah. change, you mean? There's change coach. Yeah. Mm. She's, I mean, <clears throat> as if you're going to leave Mike Winch and Judy Oaks, like you're just not, so whatever. She's, whatever, she's whatever. Norfolk based. I feel yes. like she's out towards that neck of the woods. Yeah. We have got so much that we could talk about in the field of best <laughs> moments. So I'm going to give you all, and you can only have a sentence or two on this you have one honorary mention if there's anything else on your short list I don't think I've given my moments of the year but mine are quite random and I've got about seven of them so I'm going to be really quick um Melissa Courtney, when she won that 3K in Carl's route. Do you remember? Oh, yes. That was so quick. Amazing. Yes. And she outsprinted loads of Ethiopians. Yes. That was amazing. Weird. Ailish's 5,000 at the trials. That's what I want to see. Yes. That's what I want to see people run like her in the trials. Her mum screaming lies at her. We were stood with Liz. They're going to catch you. We were stood with Liz and Michael. And so Liz and mum and Michael are boyfriend. And we were stood with them at the track. And Liz is shouting at her. They're catching you. They're catching you. <laughs> <laughs> They're catching it. Oh, don't give up now. Amazing. Speaking of Ailish, have you seen the video of her yes, running in a typhoon? On Twitter, once we're done today, on your way home, there is a video that Michael Rimmer, boyfriend of the century, has filmed. I'm on a bike as he's pacing Ailish, who's training in the Midlands somewhere yesterday. It is a gale. It is disgusting. I think like Scottish athletes wouldn't have trained in that. Wait, she's a Scottish athlete. Yeah. Dundonian, the pride of Dundonian. There we go, and she is out in it, and she got done twenty four four hundred meters or something in conditions that, like, honestly, like Moby Dick was killed in nice weather. It was so disgusting. Um, So that was that was two kind of relevant. We haven't mentioned the competition of the championships, which is the men's shot put. Well, hold on, hold on. I I was I was saving that, but go, go ahead. I mean, I, I can't even begin. Best shot competition ever. I mean, what best, best competition, competition ever? ever. Yeah. I mean, it Ooh, was. That's bold. Mm, that's that's a, a big statement. statement. I'm, okay, I'm going to take that back because it's still, <laughs> it's still it's still the long jump in '91. No, it didn't mention the '80s. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's just insane competition with one centimetre covering all the medals. Just got two things to say. Firstly, um, we asked you know what people's favourite performances are. Um, shot putter Amelia Strickler got back to me mm. on, um, on Instagram and she, I asked what were your favourite um, male, female um, performance and yeah. favourite performance and favourite mm. moment of the year and um, Amelia Strickler wrote Joe Kovac USA duh yeah. <laughs> and I said um, best male performance or favourite moment and she replied all three <laughs> which is perfectly understandable <laughs> she's, she's not wrong the problem is 
and it's the big problem, and I'm going to blame you, Radzi. Um, the BBC cocked up the coverage so badly yeah, that um, who knows? You know, we got like one of those. Oh no, I feel bad because your face like's going to drop. No, <laughs> Please employ me. Don't we want him to come back again? <laughs> so they, they did one of those like short package things. We didn't mm. see it. We knew it was going on in the background. They probably were showing a Noel Lyles VT at the time. I think probably they, I think they were showing a Lyles yeah, VT. I thought sure it was a full frame bolt down. <laughs> I remember complaining on Twitter, and I shall remain nameless, but someone on the BBC messaged me and said, "Yeah, I know." Um, <laughs> the um, we got one of those like packages, and so what was the greatest? Um, Competition. Um, competition of the championships, the great, one of the greatest competitions of all time. We got like a truncated like because not just that they all covered by one centimeter. It was one like with the last put last yeah. Throw, yeah. and also it, the the distances are insane. Yeah, yeah. Two ninety one, two ninety two, twenty two ninety one, twenty two ninety two, twenty two nineteen. And the Brazilian guy who came fourth, Darlan is his name. Is it twenty two fifty six or something? Would have won every championships ever. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the thing was Darlan Mamani. I sat close to that, and but I happened to quite like shot put, and I essentially wanted to watch Walsh because mm. his, I think he's got a world record in him, mm. and it is. Well, I think we have to say they all have now because they're all like <laughs> what 20, 20, 15 20, yeah. Okay, but for so this is not to redact anything that they did, but for me that was Joe at his absolute yes. best. Whereas for me that, that wasn't Walsh. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when your issue is staying in the circle, what a privilege that is to have of a problem. But the drama that unfolded, and where I was sat, we were amongst <laughs> shot put coaches, and there was a moment when, I feel like I've told you guys this before, and maybe I haven't, where Joe, after his fourth throw, went over to his coach, and his coach said something, and he reiterated it back to her. I couldn't quite... His wife. Was that his wife he was speaking and coach. to? Oh, thank you for that, okay. Because that makes sense now. So... He reiterated it back, and I knew he wanted clarification. And I thought, now that is interesting to wait for this point to have a technical change. Mm-hmm. And I thought it either goes really right or really wrong. And as soon as it left his finger, it was, oh, that's big. Wow. Oh, that is so big. And then he's got it. And, the, and just the drama, that was, that was pure sporting theatre in a circle. A concrete circle. And... To do it in a sport that's so unglamorous, in a sport that's so overlooked, and I get why, you know, it's not one that, that naturally, my mum's not going to say, let's sit down and watch the shot put. <laughs> well, she's not going to get the chance, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. But it was, it was sublime, and, and to your point, I think, for me, the, the competition of the championships for me. Three, two, one. With oh, yeah. the Southern Park volunteers, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Straight Boys. I'm so sorry to be bad, cop, but can I do a massive wrench of the steering wheel and ask a yes. completely different question of you all? Yes. Ooh. We have so much to talk about this evening, and there, I think <laughs> a lot of your moments will come up over the yeah, course yeah, of the next true. couple of conversations. So I've got this under a little subheading on my notes that says, Big Questions. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> Radzi, you've spoiled it. <laughs> this is actually pretty much just as big, if not more important, especially to the four people sat around this table. And I, you always give me a one-word answer first, and then we'll discuss it. Is athletics in a better or worse place than it was on the 1st of January 2019? Uh, With caveats which we'll come to, mm-hmm. the answer's worse. Oh. Jodie. 
my initial thought was better, but I haven't th- didn't think about it for too long. Knee-jerk reaction, better or worse? Yeah, it would better. be better. Agonised over this, I think, I think better. Yeah. And I, I'll say my, it's a knee-jerk reaction, it's a gut mm. feeling. Yeah. After the champs, the world champs, and the level of performance across the board, I think that has set us up for a potentially special Olympics. Mm-hmm. That's why. So no bureaucracy, no bureaucratic mo behind that. Just purely athletic performance, and one performance by an Elliot Kipchoge. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I'd say better, but I almost have the reverse caveat of I think uh, I feel like I'm not being. Totally Do you think truthful. a special Olympics is enough to counteract? Some very eyebrow-raising performances. Alberto Salazar, the Oregon Project, more doping convictions. Coleman and Gatlin being on that four-by-one team for the US. Mary Kane's revelations, the Diamond League reforms, and all the negatives of Doha. So my my <laughs> well said, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. So my my initial response to that is: Do we know about all those manifestations? Yes. Does my mum know? But the problem is, my mum also doesn't know about what on earth is going on in the Diamond League. And that's a broad Exactly. And that's where I can't quite work it out. Do we know more about the Diamond League, genuine, generally to the general public, or less? And I'm, I'm really torn because it's something I care about so much and mm. I want the answer to be yes, but I don't. The, the reason I said no, with a huge caveat, is I don't think you can tell after a year. I think it doesn't, it doesn't go in yearly cycles. It goes in much longer cycles. So um, are we better off now than we were five years ago is something you can answer. Are we better off than we were this time last year? I don't think it's really something you can, you can gauge just, just within a year. My argument about being worse off is, and this could all completely change next year at the Olympics, is we don't have any stars at the moment. We have stars that transcend the sport. transcend the sport. We have huge stars, you know. That's but what Elliot did, though. He transcended. Oh, no, I, the t- sport. I totally did that. I, yeah, he abs- absolutely did. Now, if you can do that in a proper marathon. <laughs> um, also, we said this the other week. I mean, just to quick, very quickly mm. go back to Elliot. What's happened now is he's ruined that moment of actually breaking the. We're, we're so has, we're so ruined. close to the actual breaking it properly that that moment has kind of been. I wonder what he could have run if he'd run Berlin or a really or Rotterdam, one of those really flat courses. With pacemakers, with those shoes that are going to get banned soon, but oh, yeah. but yeah. without all the all the extras, he would have been very close to two minutes anyway. He, how, how how close was he to anyway? How, he was how much far under two minutes, two hours was he? Was he forty two seconds? Or something? I think it was forty two. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, he he and the world record is what one oh one. 30 or something 14 42 again right. so I mean it's like 2 minutes basically he, he may not have done it but it's something that's going to be done under proper circumstances relatively soon but anyway, let's not go back to Korea. yeah let's not sorry that's my fault that's <laughs> my fault <laughs> so my point was and I thought the world championships were absolutely amazing I absolutely loved them much to my surprise um, I don't think it particularly registered outside of like the niche of athletics I think people like Dina especially Dina in Britain and, and to a lesser extent Kat did break out. Dino is now a huge, huge, big sporting star in Britain, yeah. um, yes. which is which is fantastic as as we want. But I don't think the World Championships as a whole, great as some of the performances were, registered on a worldwide level. But it has set as as Radzi said, it has set up very nicely for the Olympics next year, where really spectacular things could. Happen. I do think some of these structural problems are not problems that just athletics have. It's it's about the way that people consume. Yeah. It's the same in the music industry. It's the same with streaming in the films or TV. We're talking, we're talking about today about the charts, you know. 
who knows what's in the charts anymore? Do kids even follow what's in the charts anymore? I'm a chart nerd. I'm actually like a music nerd, and I don't even anymore, you know? Um, and I think athletics is much the same. It's about... It's about finding how to sell your product, how to deliver your product in this new world. And I don't think anyone's worked out how to do it in, in any environment, apart from maybe Netflix, but even that's quite niche. People, things, that are, we don't, things that are very popular on Netflix, 90% of people have never even heard of. So it, the world is a different place than it was. So trying to judge things like, oh, back in the day we had 20 million viewers, it doesn't make any sense. It's yeah, just and not... I'm so tired of hearing when people say, oh, athletics is a dying sport. They've been saying that for 30 years now, and it's still here, you know? So it may be dying, but that's because you're judging it against in a, different... a, a, a past time which is never going to come back. So it's, it's really tough because I do think that in so many ways it's also improving whether it be the performance, whether it be social media and access to people, how they train, whether it be, I have to say, I like some of the innovative elements of the World Champ. So even, it didn't work, but the block cameras, because I thought, <laughs> Sorry, they were ridiculous. Because they, they were. But no, she thought, wanted to see straight at someone's nose or her testicles, and be like, no. No point to them at all. But the light show was The light wonderful. show was great. It, it mm. was, yeah. but it, it was just the fact, what, the reason I, I was um, pleased that they at least attempted the block cameras was I thought that's how change happens. Yeah. Is we start, we fail, we have trial, we have error, and then we get it right. Um, but to close your question, I will say better, the jury's still out there. I just hope that whatever changes they're making to the Diamond League the fruit is born from that going into the Olympics. Because if they feel it's going to help, that's fantastic. I would really like to see that help materialise in a tangible we way. Talk, I'm sure it's the thing we talk about the most. There's no point changing the Diamond League and taking out events and stuff unless you sort out the actual Diamond League. It is a hodgepodge of God knows what. We were trying to, 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 to for today, we were, we were thinking back about the Diamond League so we could try and remember what had happened. Can't remember anything that happened. They're all the same. They come all over the place on different nights and it just makes no sense whatsoever. The finals make no sense. No one understands the actual process. No one understands the point scoring. No one understands what the final is. You know, it's... it's the finals. Any old random who wants to show up sometimes. Mm, genuinely is. <laughs> what was that year? Who was that woman who won the Diamond League and got a, got a bye for the World Championships last year? American 200 meter runner. Yeah. Oh, so she, she basically... She hadn't even, like... She barely qualified for the for the final, but she happened to happened to win the final because no one else turned up and oh, got yeah, on. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, she she got like a buy into the world well, championship. The other year, last year they had a South African four hundred meter runner whose best was forty six eighty in the final. Like it's like where where are you even finding these people? Because no one watches, no one understands the point process, no one cares about the point process. So like it's just it makes no the whole thing makes no sense. So unless you're going to sort that out, it doesn't matter what events you have. This is Sophie McKinnon and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. So the Diamond League clearly was not the championship of the year. If not the Diamond League, what was? It was the World Championship, funnily enough. You think the Worlds? Doha yeah. was the champion. I thought Europe, the European indoors were fantastic, especially Laura, Carsten. They came, they saw, they conquered. Shalena! I did a little thing. I did a little prep yes. bit here about well, the European Chile. doors. Can I just say, last year, what was my what was my championship of the year last year? The British. The British Championship. <laughs> the British Championship was so amazing <laughs> last year. <laughs> just as we mentioned the European doors, and because I spent a long time doing some research, <laughs> a bit. <of laughs> <laughs> we just turned a few things. Just just reminisce about a few things that happened at the European indoors. 
I remember me and you with uh, Claire. Mm. Do you remember the Men's 60? I didn't bother watching it. Do you know what? I wasn't there, but the only thing I remember about the Men 60 is it was nothing memorable happened. Um, I don't we know. didn't watch it. We went and interviewed someone, or yeah. maybe we went for a coffee it, or something. It, I think it was one in 660. It was boring. Anyway, Carson in Car- European Indoors. Yeah, that was when uh, Kilty and didn't didn't quite do what he was hoping to do. I showed a lot of Right, OJ Dobrin slightly underperformed. Oh, did it? Was he did false? He four stars, did he four stars, didn't he? Okay, and then he it was won by God, it's so memorable. Slovakia or, or Slovakia? Was it Slovakia? Something, something like that. I'll yeah. look at that while you're going. Something about Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who cares? Carsten won in the European record. Jamie Webb got a silver in the 800 oh, metres. Oh, yes, he did. Jakob, this is why it's nice because you oh. remember stuff. Jakob won the heat of the 15, He won the heat of the 1500 and the 3000, both on the Friday night. Mm-hmm. He then won the 3K on the Saturday. And then in the 1500, he was beaten by Lewandowski on, on the Sunday. And then somebody broke his arm. His arm? Well, you already had a broken arm. Guy, going into that. Guy Learmoth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because you didn't know mm. it to you, Yeah, that was so lovely. I went for coffee with Guy. We both went for coffee with Holly. Holly exactly. We got a selfie with the babies. <laughs> Gemma, yes. Naomi and Amber and Neve. Jan Volker from Slovakia. Oh, right. yeah, Jan. Jan. Uh, Tamberi came back and won the high jump. With half a beard. With half a beard. Wojciechowski won the pole vault on his last attempt. We weren't even watching. We thought we thought it had finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tentoglu dropped 8.38 in the long jump. Oh, Timothy Duckworth got a, got a silver in the heptathlon. Yes. Do you remember that thousand metres? Did he fall over and crawled over the line or something? Uh, and we thought he hadn't made it. Wasn't that Neve Emerson? It was, oh, was it Neve? Neve fell over the line and Neve. dragged herself. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Awur came fourth in the in the sixty. That was phenomenal. Shalane won the eight hundred. Laura did the double um, in the fifteen and three thousand. Oh. Holly won a silver and then did an interview with us. She did an interview with us between the qualifying yes, and the did. final. Um, and the women won a silver in the four by four. Um, and then KJT and Neve. Um, K, KJT. Did four ninety eighty three, which is the four four thousand nine hundred eighty three fourth best of all time. But of course, she's already got the second best of all time from Belgrade. Um, so yeah, it was a great, great championship. So we had fun, didn't we? I loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. I watched it from my bed in Brazil. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dina Asher Smith, and you're listening to the Back Straight Boys. Can I do an honorary shout out for championships that none of you are going to mention? Actually, it's not really for a championship. It's for the sadist who designed the course. The Aarhus World Cross Country was one of my favourite events of the year and the most balmy cross-country course of modern-day cross-country. Claire, you, this is the one where they ran across the, the, ce- the ceiling of the roof of the art museum. Claire, you should... I mean, I did do... I did... I promise you, I did my research. Best I can remember I've Full written stop. here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joseph Chegai won the... Um, won the men's um, long course. Long course. Oh, there's only yeah, one course, yeah. One. And what was brilliant about that was, do you remember last time in Kampala in 2017, when he was on his home turf and he was winning by a mile and with 800 metres to go, he literally hit the wall so he and did. couldn't run and he got overtaken by... Um, what's it's it like called? Sean A at the Worlds, I remember yeah, well, that. But worse, and he like, literally staggered in. He came 30th in the end. Oh. With 800 minutes to go, he was winning by a mile. So to come back, and that was on the home turf as well, and everyone was cheering and cheering and cheering, mm-hmm. and then they went dead quiet as Joseph, Jeffrey Camelwort overtook him and 29 other people. Um, <laughs> but to come back on that tough course and to win and to show us what he's going to do later in the year as well, and to have yes. someone who's not Mo and is not Kenyan and not Ethiopian opens up a whole new door. I think it's really mm. interesting. 
Um, and also the team, they, um, they came second as well. Um, Jacob Kiplimo came second. He'd won the junior championships the one before. Phenomenal. They also came seventh and ten, won the team competition the first time since 1980 that Kenya or Ethiopia hadn't won it. Really? There are two things that I loved about the course, which are kind of testament to how disgusting a course it was. Helena Beery won the women's race. Mm-hmm. Guess her time. It's a 10 kilometre course. Um, 36 something. Doesn't count. You did all your research. No, it's not. This I just morning. remember reading today. <laughs> 36 14. For and 10 sh- kilometres. For 10 kilometres. And Shalane Flanagan. Shalane Nails Flanagan described it as the hardest course she's ever ran or seen. Yeah. And half the American team said the same thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was exactly what you want out of cross country. Was that Flanagan, the same Shalane that was at the Elliot Kipchoge sub two hour marathon? Not the same commentator, was it? <laughs> she was, she was commentating on it. I'm going to bring him up as much as I possibly can. <laughs> and we're going to like, just cross yeah. the time. Not relevant. We'll have to make it the back straight boys, in brackets, and girl, athletics, in brackets, and other sports. <laughs> just for this week. <laughs> also a shout out to Highgate, which is a Yay. bright and shining yeah. light in a diminishing distance landscape. The world athletics, just keep thinking people don't want to watch it if it's longer than 3,000 metres or longer than 1,500 even. And yet Highgate is showing us nice and nice again that if you put the athletics at the core of it, if you have a beer tent, if you have some (laughs) banging music and you put fans and athletics at the core of an event, high level performance will come and people will turn up. What about the other competition that took place? And I've forgotten what it was called. The Twilight... Oh, the the Twilight Tombridge. Thank you, Tombridge. That was... Fantastic. Yes. What a great shout. Yes. I'll put I'll enter that. They didn't manage to qualify for the worlds, but that was a spectacle. I was um, in an edit suite working and something and I just had to say to my editor, go have a coffee. For the next fifteen minutes, I'm going to be glued to Twitter and I'm going to be following this one eight hundred meters. So funny you should say that, Ratsy, because Lulu Bell on Twitter, mm. it's actually Lulu Bell three nine two three zero two seven oh. Um, it says the moment of the year was the picture of Jack Green hugging Guy Liam after he didn't qualify for the world, uh, didn't mm. make the world championship qualify. As a single image, it said everything. And she said, I told my auntie about this. She claims the moment of the year is Jonathan Busby and Brahma Sinclair Dabo in the 5,000 metres in Doha. And I'm not arguing with her. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, that's what athletics is about. I'm Andy Butcher, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I've totally cheated and found a way to encapsulate four different events within one as my answer for this question what did you think was the best discipline of 2019 um across the board the 400 hurdles both men and women 400 hurdles and marathon that's what you're going to say oh how would i encapsulate that in one umbrella i don't know sorry you're right i I thought that's what you were where you were going nice four hurdles was the best across the board it has to be four hurdles but if i was going to caveat it for me the best competition within the discipline would be men's shop yeah so yeah yeah so I think anything that's run over a quarter mile is mm. the best this year because uh. obviously both the four hurdles were absolutely electrifying. Especially the mixed four bay, four bay, four hundred. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what yeah. I'm yeah. leading on to. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me it was for a couple of returns in the four hundred meters. How wonderful to see Karani James yeah. back in the uh, final. To see Stephen Gardner gliding like a Bahamian, Bahamian? <laughs> Bahamian, Bahamian swan yeah. around the track in Doha and to have Alison Felix back on and to see Lavia hitting those heights, to oh. see Amber Anning breaking mm. British junior records. It's just 
Every single time someone stepped onto the tractor on 400 metres this year, it seems like at least one lane absolutely lit up. Chrissy Darling on Twitter agrees with you, Claire, and he said the best female was Sawa Agnesa, the spectacular time which could actually be the world record. Shut up. What do you mean? That's, that's what he thinks the best performance was. The best female of the year. Really? Yeah. I almost lost my eyebrows off the back of my head when she ran that. <laughs> well, it could. I mean, it could actually be the world record, to be fair. Um, talking of 400s, and this is a bit random, can we just give a bit of a shout-out to the Polish women's 4x40s? Yes. Who are just so amazing. They always raise their game. They came second at the World Championships, beating Jamaica, who intrinsically have much faster runners. So the, I don't know what it is that they put in the water in Poland, but they, they are just so good in the relays. They won the European in, indoors, they came second at the Worlds, and it used to be between Britain and Poland, and now Russia are out of the game. Yeah. We should be getting that bronze medal. I mean, our, our runners are pretty on par, but something that Poland do that raises their game. It's, it's, they're really gutsy runners, mm. and they you get the sense that they train a lot together because when they yes. arrive, there's a real unity amongst them and also quite diminutive in stature. They, they almost look actually like models when they turn up. Invariably blonde, mm -hmm. invariably quite petite. <laughs> and you think, are they 800 metre runners or 400? But they put it together. But also they did the mixed relay where they got a medal and then they came and did the individual where two of them got to the final and then they came out and ran the 4x4 four four as well. So I don't know how many races that adds up to, but Sofieta Jurtic and one of the others, I'm not sure which one, ran a lot of races in Doha and we still do that thing where people aren't allowed to run more than one well, race. It happened on... at the Europeans last year, didn't it? When Lavia wasn't, yes. in, the, wasn't in the final. Four by four. But the, the... It was the same afternoon, right? Yeah. Same evening. It was, it was like 10 minutes after each other or something. It was something ridiculous, wasn't it? But the, the Polish people did do, did do well, that. In the American collegiate system, some mm. people are going four, four by 100 metre relay, four by 400 metre relay, then they're doing an individual, which is in some cases doubling up again over a weekend. Um, I'd, I've got to take advantage of this because I, from my notes, <laughs> we know we don't like the NCAAs. We're not interested in the NCAAs. We only like them if people can come and perform at a proper championship. So we have to give a, a shout out to Grant um, Holloway, yes. who was the world champion over the 110 hurdles. But at the indoor NCAAs, he got the bronze in the long jump. He then won the gold in the 60 meter hurdles. 40 minutes later, he won the gold in the 60 meters. And he also won a bronze in the four by four. Did he do 43 hurdles races this year or something? <laughs> I remember reading the numbers. But I'll tell you what that so, gives you. Alongside fatigue, you could argue, and perhaps his inability to peak, what that gives you is there's no fear yeah. of competing. Mm. And you, that process that you'll go through of the time the race will start, knowing metronomically when to warm up, if my body feels tired, how to back off. And I think we saw the fruits of that labour come to the fore. He, he, he really is, I think, one of the most overlooked athlete in terms of what he's bringing to the table athletically he mm. is he's chromosomal royalty that man he is just fantastic um, the late world championships did him a favor because yes. if the championships had been in august he may not have had time to rest and he may not have been in that's form. an interesting point um i don't know if he's still ncaa next year I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he won't be allowed. To, he'll go pro, won't he? I mean, who, who knows? I don't know. I've said any of it. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, potentially at the Olympics, who knows what he could do. He's also spectacularly articulate. He seems really yeah. humble to me. Every single time I read an interview with him or read a feature about him, I just grow to like him even more. I think he'll do NCAAs again, is my guess. It, is, he, is he how old is he? Uh, 
Was it his last season in NCAA? Oh, is that what it is? I, that the case? I have no idea. I thought he was midway through. I have no idea. I don't even know what NCAA is. <laughs> that's the collegiate system. Can, can, you honestly, they don't. They these two don't know Do what the NCAA's are. What is it's, it's Bucks, but in America. <laughs> no, no, exactly. That's what we always say. Uh, but ah. it's not Bucks because Bucks <laughs> is so so piss poor. Oh, <laughs> by comparison, yeah, but it's, but I mean that's that's where. So, in fact, funnily enough, if you think of the three best American hurdlers over the last maybe five years, they've all come off the back of NCAA performances. And who are they? Kenny Harrison. Um, oh, I mean, America, um, women as well. Yes, women as well. And then, um, uh, who was the world champ 2015? Yeah, the one who ran away from the drug testers. Well, Danielle Williams was in 2015, 2013. Oh, I love Danielle What she called it, you, you got married. Yeah, she changed her surname. Help it. No, 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 not Donna Nelson. She's um, a big effort sometimes. She yeah, now has braids in her hair. Yeah. She came out. <laughs> she got a one-year one ban. <laughs> Brianna Rollins. Thank you, Brianna <laughs> Rollins. Something else now. All of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why we don't like the NCAA because it throws out all these amazing people with amazing performances, and all the Americans go, "Oh my God, they're amazing! They're never going to lose! They're going to be best of all time!" And then you never hear from ever yeah. again. They move to American football or get pregnant. Did they get pregnant? No, I was just tipped out. <laughs> 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 but Karani James came out of the NCAA oh, system. Oh, love Karani. Yeah, but we love, Karani. We love him because he, he, this isn't in on... Oh, I thought we could leave this yeah, in. We're talking about Karani James. Karani James, we love Karani because at 18, he wins the, wins the Olympics. And that was incredible because that was Grenada's first ever Olympic gold medal. And didn't he return a national hero? I think there might be a national bank holiday now or something. He's probably on currency somewhere. When we went to the Bahamas in 2000, was it? It was 2000, yeah. And the Bahamian women had no, won... No, 2001. It was, we, we, it was 2001. Okay. So the Bahamian women had won the Olympics the year before in the 4x4, mm. 4x1. And as you come from the airport, there's a massive billboard with all of them on it and it says like Bahamian Golden Queens or something. Because <laughs> it's only like 300,000 people in Bahamas, so mm. it's quite an achievement. Their netballers are the queens as well. That's their nickname. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, we completely the Sky Netball team. We all just fell in love with their team. That, the they, might World be, Cup. they might be Ratsy's athletes of the year. <laughs> 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 so we all agreed that the best discipline this year, best individual individual competition, shot put in Doha, best discipline this year, four hundred hurdles, honorary mention to the four hundred flat and the mixed four by four hundred meters. Obviously, just a moment. I think um, on kind of any other business to mention how refreshing some of the coverage was this year. Yeah. I thought mm. there were some real strides taken forward, most notably in people like Radzi, who I he thought was there were right. some really young, <laughs> exciting breaths of fresh air on the BBC this year. Jazz, Adam, Naomi, yeah. Jeanette presenting, yeah. having Jeanette in the hot seat was so great. How frustrating is it that Naomi got an invite, turned down by British Athletics, and yet she's, but she sat there having to commentate on it instead, mm. when she could have been on the track? What's the thinking behind that? If she's, it's one thing if you don't want to get her there for financial reasons, which it's would be not. ridiculous. No, I'm just saying at least that's a, a given reason. Yeah. What would the reason be to not have her, but be there actually interviewing triple jumpers instead? It's, it's crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. It must have been lovely working with her. It, it, it was a joy, and yeah. actually, she's got a passion for photography. And she so graciously sat there and watched the final, watched the men's final as well which must have been so difficult. And all I said to her is, this must be hard. I can't imagine, because I don't have your talent, but to sit there and watch the people doing what you want to be doing. I said, but bottle this. Yeah. And make this pay during the winters. 
because she currently has no sponsor still. How? Right. Because oh, she didn't get to go to the World Championships and that'd be a showcase for herself. But at the same time, though, that can be sometimes the thing that puts the bit between your teeth, yeah. like Sophie. Yeah. And let roll on Tokyo, roll on indoors. Who knows? She's she's got it all there. It's all physiologically there. It's now just a question of waiting. And she's also embarrassingly young. Mm. And I forget how old I am by comparison when people start making references. But what you said there about it can actually be the making of people when they miss the team, I totally understand that. That is true. But that shouldn't be a strategy from your governing body. It can also be the opposite. It can also be like, fuck this, I can't be asked anymore. So like, it's just incomprehensible that, that some... Some qualifications count and some don't. If the IWF invite you, that's as good as, as qualifying. It is qualifying. Yeah. It's exactly mm. the same thing. It's, I mean, to tell you, like, total disclosure, I was trying to do Skeleton Bob so many moons ago, I was trying to make the Winter Olympics 2014. And I'm not sure if you saw So was I. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw you out there. <laughs> so I failed, but it ultimately came down to, let's call it bureaucracy of the Sliding Federation of Great Britain. And me and a friend of mine, Leon, we knocked it on the head. And I now get to express my passion through broadcasting and other things. But to, that chip I had on my shoulder, that resentment, that disappointment, that anger, that frustration, I, I wasn't that good, quite frankly. People like her are mm. good. And if you then don't have the parental support or mm. the financial support, let's say from friends or whatever it might be, it's hard. And the thing is, you're not then going to get the right nutrition. You're going to have to work, so you're going to spend time on your feet. You're not going to be getting enough rest. You're not going to be in, a, in an environment which is conducive to you learning and recovering. It's that almost you can miss the boat of opportunity yeah. if you miss it early. And I really hope and believe in Naomi. Yeah. She's got the right attitude. She's got the capacity. She's got the talent. The world's a oyster. You threw yourself into broadcast off the back of that, Radzi, and I would love to know, 2019, what was your broadcasting highlight? Okay, I'm going to bring him up again. And it, so this is... Don't you dare! Oh. No, <laughs> I, you're going to talk about that man who only done one race today? <laughs> one one race this year, yeah. <laughs> on Ninja Warrior, yeah. <laughs> Beat the big red balls on Total Wipeout, I heard. It, it, was, it was interesting, Elliot, because he made history after, London, is, after London yeah after London absolutely yeah. after London yeah. I mean it was a fantastic run you know in, in slightly overcast conditions in London <laughs> in April no, but, in, but at the Ineos sub two hour it was to be the first guy to interview him crossing the finish line okay. surrounded by people that have turned up from Kenya just to witness it and people like Wilson Kip I mean I walked past Wilson Kipkita mm. well that's that's Wilson Kipkita as in in my head I've gone he looks just like no, that is Wilson Kipkita. <laughs> and I didn't know this bit. So I chatted to him off camera and then randomly the camera came to us and we sort of cobbled together this interview with Wilson. I said, could we talk about... I said, can I just ask you about your world record? To which he said, which one? Yes, Wilson. So I said, in terms of, first of all, your indoor one, was that as fast as you think you could have gone? And he said... Um, so why are you shaking your head out of interest? Because he didn't he set world record in the heat. In the heat as well. what I was going to say, yeah. I'm sure he said he set world record in the heat and then again in the final. So, and without at the championships. So without pacemaking. So unless he unless he set another one afterwards. But um, did he so, have special shoes? <laughs> well, he, he had a special condition, malaria. Yeah, oh, he had malaria, and he said 
his aim was to actually go sub 140. And he said, so when, so when I actually did go 140, so when, um, when he went 141, he said, I was pleased because it was a world record, but I knew I had so much more to give. And I thought, that, that speaks volumes to that man's ambition level. And someone like Noah Lyles, it's part of the reason why I respect him so much, to proclaim it, to announce it to the world, I'm going to beat Usain Bolt's world record, to even attempt that, to externalize it, so much pressure that he's putting on himself. But back to your point, that the biggest privilege was in doing Eli Kipchoge after history was made in what is definitely a legitimate marathon. Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, I'll just someone else some, someone else um, <laughs> tweeted me to tell me their favourite broadcasting moment of, moment of the year mm-hmm. Catherine Merry she said um, her favourite um, her outstanding was to do the commentary and her favourite moment was the Cinco back, back somersault on the pole vault just on cue in Doha she called it I think she actually <laughs> um, yes do you remember what they, the three medalists did this backflip mm. on, so on the road I never saw that <laughs> it was really cool I think my personal favourite podcasting moment might be slightly tongue-in-cheek. We have had some really, really fantastic personalities on the pod as well, but it might be the moment when Jodie admitted to setting a pacemaker as his Diamond League fantasy team captain for the week. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I did do that. Spectacular. Hi guys, I'm Tom Bosworth and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. It wouldn't be a Backstraight episode without some form of rant. So, okay, God, here we go. Anything not so positive about 2019 you want to when touch you say on? say anything, how many can I have? You can have five minutes. Um, Radzi, now's a good time if you want to go get a cup of tea, <laughs> stretch your legs. Okay, so I'm going to, my number one overall negative of the entire year isn't anything to do with um, IWF plans for the... Um, um, Diamond, I was going to say the Golden League. Um, for the Diamond League, it's not... Um, Intercontinental? <laughs> the Intercontinental Cup for what? Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the um the new intercontinental tour. Uh, oh, sorry, well, is that what it's called? It's actually called the Continental. Well, we, we don't we don't know yet, do we? It's not about Salazar or any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My overall thing was <laughs> the absolutely ridiculous officialdom and judging that went on in Doha. There were some just like absolutely ludicrous, ludicrous things. The, my number one, this is my number one nadir of the entire year, Ooh. is when the the men's hundred and ten hurdles. Yes, Omar McLeod grabs Ortega and pulls him back, yeah? Um, Now, it just happens sometimes in a hurdles race. I'm not saying it's right, but it just sometimes happens. What they did, they didn't just put Ortega back in. They gave him a bronze medal. He ended up fifth. They gave him a bronze medal, overtaking the man in fourth. So now, (laughs) the man who comes fifth gets a bronze medal. The man who's poor man in fourth gets nothing at all. You can't predispose what was going to happen. He got pulled back. Ortega got pulled back, understandably. But he may have hit the next hurdle anyway. He may have mm-hmm. fallen over. Who knows what's going to happen? You've now decided, because he got pulled back, that stopped him from winning the medal. We do not know. That's, that's the point of athletics. You don't know what happens until you finish the, across the line. And that is, that has never, never ever, happened. ever well, happened. You but say never they've happened before. They've set yeah. a precedent there. That's, you, you say that. Yeah. In the men's hammer. Yeah. Now, let well, me get this right. They well. gave up two bronzes. Can't remember why. Something to do with someone's... Someone... Um, Someone's Someone's earlier throw was counted as a foul. Foul. And then they, later on, they said it was all right. But what they decided was, if he'd known it was all right at that time, he might have thrown differently throughout the rest of the competition. So, they gave him a bronze medal, which means that 
the bronze medals, the two bronze medals, are given out. They've got different distances. <laughs> what, what the? What, what, what are you talking about? And poor Nick Miller. Poor Nick. Exactly. Poor Nick Miller. Who threw it fair enough to get a silver, silver medal? Didn't get. Didn't. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? That you can't just make this shit up. Um. The, one of the things I love about this is it has rules you know it's like there's very specific things and we maybe they get a bit complicated to the layperson but we understand them all you can't just be handed if someone doesn't get the performance they want that doesn't mean you just get given a medal and then you a random medal why a bronze why, why a bronze? not give, one give gold? gold exactly yeah <laughs> he came fifth it ought to be the most objective of sports exactly yeah, exactly exactly my point i mean i just remember like almost just kind of discarding it at the time. I think, I know that happened, I'm going to ignore it because it's so stupid, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want it to tarnish what kind of precedent does all of those things set? But where do they come from? This has never been happened before. It's Who makes the these decisions? These aren't the rules. So is this specific Doha committee that decided these? So we go back to being normal next year? Or was this like by the IWF, did Seb co-sign off on these? I mean, I don't know how it works. Could I go on a rant? Who can? Yes, please. My two biggest things, which are one and the same, was the scheduling at the world champs that didn't allow people to double up. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Because Shawnee Miller-Weaver, who knows what would have happened if she doubled up. Shh. She would have won the 200. <laughs> and, and then the men's, especially the, the men's one and two as yeah. well. I, obviously, you can't predict the future and how athletes will perform, but I would love there to be maybe a known deadline by which if we do not get any communication um, about any request to do that, then we all work under the supposition but historically, that... historically, the 100 and 400 at the beginning, the 200's in the middle, so everyone can do what the they re- want. And then relays at the end. And the relays at the end. Because they entered this new four by, mixed 4x4, four four, that's, that's why they moved the whole the schedule. Seriously, is that, that yeah. the reason that yeah, it was... Well, because it's you it's couldn't have the, the 400 couldn't be at the beginning of the schedule because the mixed 4x4 four four was at the beginning of the schedule. So then it, ha- then it moves on and it's going to clash with the 200 because they don't want it to be clashed with the 4x4s at the end of the... C- can I also say, um, the other going and talking about like officialdom gone, gone mad, the, four, the mixed 4x4s, four just an abomination, absolute nonsense, yeah. like just get rid of them completely. It's one thing to have them in there. It's another thing to allow you to totally change your team. team. Between um, the first oh, round and the yeah. final, so you basically someone has um, someone has qualified you, and then you can get rid of all of them, not two of them or one of them, or whatever the rule maybe should be. If there's, if there's an injury or something, you can get rid of the whole team and put four new people in. That is not a race for the entire world. That isn't a race for, for America. America. Well, no other country else, can do nobody that. Nobody else can do that. What would you think mm. about having multi events at the very beginning? to open up the door for them then competing in individual events. Oh. That's a very good idea. Yeah. And it's often happened previously. Well, now, we had this year the innovation of having the decathlon and heptathlon at the same so, time, didn't we? Which wasn't good. I mean, no, especially no. if you've got coaches who have to oversee both events. But also, yeah, but also you, you can't watch. follow. You can't follow because what's going it's not on. Because you need to be adding things up. You need to know yeah. what's... You can't, you can't do it both to at be the same fair. time. If you can manage to add up what goes on in the multi-event, you should be Carol Vorderman. Because that stuff is... <laughs> you're watching it, how many seconds we, is that? We rely on smoking mozzarella. It's yeah. fine. It's half of the decathlon, and then I tweet Statman John whenever I want clarification for the heptathlon. And, <laughs> and we use Cheshire um, Athletics Association's heptathlon score. Right? Yeah. Everyone uses that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's bookmarked on my homepage. <laughs> no, but that's ridiculous. To, to be able to... You're basically handing a gold medal to a country because they have strength in depth, which is not what it should be about. Um, I hate the mix really anyway, it's just a Mickey Mouse nonsense event. Um, but to then open it up so that you can just put a whole new team in is, is absolutely ludicrous. 
did you have more? Oh yeah. Um, just just very, very quickly, the IDBF logo. Wild Athletics. <laughs> yeah, you made, made, made my point. Made my made my point for me. Um, also, there's just a couple of couple of things. They've lengthened. I only found this out yesterday. They, this is from 2018, actually. They've lengthened the handover zone in the in the hundred relay. Okay. So I didn't know that. So I actually found this out yesterday. So you know wow. we have all these ridiculously fast for her hundred relay times yeah. this year. They've lengthened, so it's instead of 20 metre handover, then it's a 30 metre handover. Zone. What? I did not know that. <laughs> Since when? What? Since, Are you sure since, you're right on I, this? I, 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 literally, I was reading it last night thinking, this can't be right. And it said it happened in, 20, happened in 2018. Um, Do you think they maybe only told the Chinese athletes <laughs> that handover was like nothing I have ever seen? This is on the IBF website. Yeah. Perhaps part of the explanation of this apparent paradox of, of there was basically this year there were slower runners running faster relays. Um, Explained, but they changed to rule 17.3. The traditional 20 meter takeover zone plus 10 meters for acceleration was replaced by a 30 meter zone. <gasps> because the British team this year, who ran that crazy fast time, mm. was a good team, but not necessarily our greatest ever. But that makes all the. the, the there you go. Wow. That's interesting. Thank you for that. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Journalising. So, actually, a, a, a tiny rant I've got is with especially. Four by four hundred meter relay split times. <laughs> now this is twenty nineteen here. We can get some accuracy in this. It just seems bizarre when you say, "What's his personal best? Forty four point five. Okay. What was his split? Forty three point nine. He did not get a forty three point. Do you not think it's fun though that there's someone at World Athletics with an old school stopwatch <laughs> apparently <laughs> doing the split times and then just like with his left hand with his eyes closed trying to type it up. The other thing that's a sign timer. Yeah, about forty three point. Or just counting Mississippi's <laughs> friend style. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's bugged me for like thirty years is when people finish a four by four. Um, leg and they hand the baton over and they just stop dead <laughs> and the people have to run around them there should be rules you can't just like stop and block everybody else off because you're tired my very 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 last thing <laughs> that I just was really not happy about was the amount of really silly DQs at the World Championships oh, just like or non-DQs so like I mean Philip Ingebrigtsen can literally shove someone over and not get DQ but his brother who happened to like just topple off the track for two steps. It does. This happens a lot. It's been going back since like maybe the Olympics in 2016. Yeah, I think it was then. Um, well, there was all these. Cr- Elliot Kipchoge getting. Um, no, Elliot Kipchoge. Um, Ezekiel Kemboy getting. Yeah. Outrageous. We got DQ'd in the 4x4 four four about a rule that yes. no one has ever heard of. Yeah, it was the four, four, since. The last time it had ever been invoked was like the 1990 Commonwealth or something <laughs> that we got disqualified for. So just stuff like that really, really bugs me because I think that people have got up at 6am and trained really hard and then to get like DQ'd or like um, disallowed yeah. for some silly minor technicality really really frustrates well, me. I think especially when there's genuinely nothing that you yes, could do. No, exactly. and, and no advantage gained either. Mm, because especially yeah. things, I mean indoor 800's a classic but that is a roll of the dice yeah, yeah. and it sort of makes you think well hang on if this is a bit of a scrap We've got to perhaps review this and allow common sense to prevail. But if you look back, I was doing a lot of this after the World Championships when people were getting um, dis- disqualified for like stepping on lanes and things. And if you look back at like, anything from the 80s, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> there are whole races where like, everyone was running on the line. <laughs> and I'm not saying it was right, but I'm saying you really need, you just need to bring a bit of common sense to it. I understand it's hard because a rule is a rule, etc. But if nobody was impeded and if there was no um, actual... Um, 
known um, positive um, effect from the from the um, well, not speaking English all of a sudden. There's no positive effect from the events. Then just oh, you've got to let it go. It's it's not fair on the athletes. It's not fair on the fans. It's not people watch fair on what people watch. So perhaps either. that's the one time when athletics should be allowed to be subjective. Not subject. Is, I don't think it needs to be subjective. You just need to like use a little just, bit of just lose a bit of a bit of common sense. Um, you know? Just following on for what you just said about Philip Ingebrigtsen being DQ'd. Can I say something a little bit controversial? That's not like you. I was going to say because it's the Backstreet Boys podcast. I'm a bit over the Ingebrigtsen. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no I, I won't have that. Well, I'll tell you why. Is because that, I, saying, I wholly agree. No because, way. Because no. I don't no, tell was, you why. No, it's this something happened at the world. I was watching the. Um, I was watching the. In, in preparation for this, I went back to the indoor season, as you, as you know, and I was going through the European Indoor Championships, and then I was watching some videos. There's a great guy on um, on YouTube. YouTube called Eric B, who's put loads of stuff in the European indoors and all the Diamond Leagues as well, because oh, you can wow. never find I them. Like Eric. Um, and going back, and it reminded me that Philip Ingebrigtsen got DQ'd indoors for pushing people. He got he should have been DQ'd at the World Championships for pushing people. He got DQ'd in. Uh, Rio, I can't remember why, but he was DQ'd in Rio as well. Jakob, did you see him at the at the European Junior at the European Cross Country the other day? Like, I don't know when you've slaughtered the whole field doing the junior race when really you could be in the senior race. Like goading the crowd as you turn into the final bend, I don't like it. And he sort of sauntered over the line. Yeah, I think there's a fine line between being confident and being arrogant, and I think they may have tipped a little bit over to the arrogant side. Also, his constant doubling when you're 17, 18 years old, it, it just is a little... And I love, I love them. I love him especially. I think he's an awesome athlete, great personality. Tactically, we've talked about his tactics yeah. all the time. There's a little something that leaves a bad taste in my mouth with them. Claire's <laughs> face. <laughs> I have been caught up in Ingebrigtsen mania and I'm going to remain there for a very long time. I'm just... I think what they are doing as a family is absolutely extraordinary. I think there are some fantastic personalities in that. I cannot wait to see what Ingrid goes on to do. And I, all the things that you're listing as negatives, I see them as what makes them interesting. What, pushing other people out the oh, way? Oh, not that bit. Okay, fine. So ignoring that part. But I think Jakob getting the crowd involved, I think that's absolutely fine. He's obliterated the field. He's absolutely smashed it. He's a prodigious talent. He should enjoy his moment. He should there's, enjoy there's, that. There's ways of enjoying stuff that are just... I didn't have a problem with that. And then what else did you know? I think the doubling up, he's young, he's got it. He Sometimes maybe he shouldn't be doubling up and we'd see better medal winning performances from him if he didn't have those other races in his legs. But he's experimenting, he's young. It doesn't matter, he's enjoying it. If he, he loves racing, clearly. I will say they're Let better the at PR race. than the IAAF. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> maybe give the IAAF PR to the Inga Britsons. Everyone, everyone <laughs> see, will be fine. I, for me, to, to Claire's point, I think what we spoke about stars and stars need to have an edge to them. You don't want clean cut, you don't mm. want homogenized responses. You want to hear, not controversy, but you want people to say it as it is. When they perform badly, to tell you that they're gutted, like Adam Jamili. When they perform well, Noah Lyles, you want, to, want them to tell you exactly how elated they are. And if that means goading the crowd, if that means, I mean, if you think of what, what Usain Bolt used to do, he danced to music that wasn't there. That is mental. There's, there was something different about the what Usain did because he always did it with a smile and a wink and a sense of humour yeah, that was very engaging and kind of... It, 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 there was something different in what he put out. And 
I don't know what that is, and it's not necessarily quantifiable. Okay. But he he, he oh, never I'll... ever, even when he stops running and puts his arms in the air, it felt like it was from joy and not from. Okay, so I'll tell you a little story. So I was a mascot called Spike the Lion many <laughs> moons ago. <laughs> many moons ago, and uh, it meant that during the Golden League, I got to sit in to the courtroom of the 100 meters, and in that room were the likes of Simeon Williamson, Tyson Gakes, Asafa Powell, etc. And Bolt was playing mind games. Now that wasn't the laughy, jovial Bolt. That was the guy who wants to win, and that comes with an edge. Cristiano Ronaldo has been regarded as a, a psychopath essentially because he wants to win that badly. And I think if that's expressed in the right way, I don't think we can have the light without having the shade as well. And for me, the Ingebrigtsons are what you want to see, especially Europeans in middle yeah. to long distance. And so one hundred percent, I back the Ingebrigtsons to the hill. I mean, I don't want to see cheating ultimately but i re i think the ingebrigtsons are what the sport needs the I, oh i don't disagree with that I, I i i mean i think they're phenomenal there's a just a little bit with them with their own tv show with everything that mm -hmm. i think they need to calm their passions a little bit and just take a just a I mean just a tiny step back because it, it, i feel like they could get a little bit out of control. As it stands, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is perfectly capable of walking the walk to go with the talk mm -hmm. that he is talking and I think that as long as that remains the case, he can do whatever he likes in terms of that borderline arrogance, confidence thing and it will and be he's charismatic. Yes. He's so, a teenager. You learn humility. Is, can I chuck a, a little spanner into the proverbial works here? Mm. So we've spoken essentially about glo two global stars, male and female. I think it's safe to say we possibly know It'd be between two if we had a British female star. Mm. Who'd be a British male star? Well, we voted on this on the British Athletics Writers Association, and I think I voted Callum Hawkins. I was not expecting that one. Mm. Well, the thing is, we had lots of fourths, didn't we? Totally. Um, I think I voted Nick Miller. Just, just be awkward. Um, <laughs> because, but no, but I think his, I think his world silver medal should be, should be um, applauded. Um, um, Adam won. <laughs> that took a while. <laughs> <laughs> so like to on Adam won. I mean, the fourth place in the relay medal. The men were rubbish this year. Let's There's a vacuum. It yeah. is filling. So who, who would you go for? I actually think, and this is mad. It would probably have to be Callum Hawkins because whilst he might not do all the talking, he does all the walking. The only other person to come. Adam came forth yeah. as well, but can't that performance by Callum Hawkins? Like because that's one of my moments of the year. Yeah. Just that the, the the look of sheer blind yes. panic on the other runner's face when they saw him coming up, <laughs> and you could think, is he? Is he? Who is, is it? Is, is he? Is he being lapped? Like <laughs> you could, there was just a moment of total panic on their faces when they saw him. But there are very few British male athletes at the moment who spring to mind no. at all. When you ask me to name British male athletes, well, I who think excite partly me. there's an injury. Obviously, Rhys Prescott. Yeah. I'll put it out there. I think he medals in Tokyo. I, I really back that guy. But I will go. Uh, see, for me, it's Adam. Is my yeah. British mm -hmm. male athlete, fine, yeah. especially with the doubling. In fact, tripling essentially, mm -hmm. 100, 200 and relay. What about women? Who would you go if we, right here, right now, would you go Kat or Dina? Dina. Kat. Oh. Oh. Right, I, go, I go Kat. Yeah, because I'm looking at it from a purely athletic perspective and that was the better performance. Kat. I love what Kat has achieved this year. That narrative is absolutely sumptuous and you're right, as a single athletic performance, 100%. But Dina's a Diamond League champion. She's got That's the European Indoor Champion. Got three global medals. Dina, I know you can't talk about performances that didn't happen, but if Dina had gone to the indoors, she'd have got a medal there. Mm -hmm. She's just been in mm -hmm. supreme form all year. And I think 
Kat is so charming. I adore her. But as an ambassador for the sport, yeah, that's Dean different, is the that's one that's going to I've got two very slight mm. negatives, isn't the right word. Two, two very slight reasons why I would choose Kat, um, okay. Kat over Dina. One, Dina's not actually number one at either of her events. That's true. And this is no, by no means her fault at all. But that 200 metre race was so depleted yeah. that um, maybe Sean A. would have beaten her. Um, every, she would have beaten everybody else, I'm no doubt. But they weren't there. So like, you, you give, you give, you give um, Dean the medal. She 100% deserves that medal. I'm over the moon that she won it. But what we, what we really wanted to see was Dina beating a final of all the best. And it turns out there was at least six out of the seven finals who weren't actually there. Mm-hmm. I, see, I, I'm so torn on that point. Because would it be different with Okik Barre, with, with uh, Elaine Thompson, Michelle Yann Fraser, etc.? Don't know. But on the one hand, I'm in my head praising Bar Shin against a depleted field. Yeah. And on the other hand, you're, there's that question mark that you're bringing up. It's so difficult to make... And I'm not sure if we're more critical because someone's British. Yeah. It's, it, and I don't want to... But I, I don't think we're being critical. No, I, I just don't. think we're saying that... Cat was cat was the yeah the okay, better athlete. So that's that's my point. I don't point. think I, either. I don't I'm not, not criticizing any of them. But I don't. I'm, think I'm just saying that if I have to choose between the two and yes. I have to find reasons why one I choose one over the other, um, then I would go. I will go with Cat. In an interesting way, Dina handled much more pressure than Cat did. Totally. That's. I think that's absolutely the case. Oh, I, would, I, I would totally disagree. Cat has a lot of internal demons that she was grappling with arriving at these champs, and I think proper but athletic no pressure on her. Yeah, Dina went out. If we change pressure for expectation. Because pressure yeah. could be external. Okay, yeah, that's right. I don't see like that because I see that Kat, to me, Dina was, she had lots of pressure on her in that it was a world championship and so you had a big opportunity. But I never had any doubt whatsoever that Dina was going to do that. Whereas Kat, I think, whenever all the years gone by of all the sort of failure, for want of a better word, it felt to me like this was her moment. See, I feel like what you've just said has just completely proven my point. It's so <laughs> interesting because I feel like Dina went out there and we all just thought, oh, easy, Dina's going to come home with three medals. That's a lot of expectation, yeah. especially in an event she... in which it's so easy to get DQ'd, it's so easy to fluff your line. Do you have to go through so many rounds? You've got to navigate all those yeah, heats but every, and those yeah, yeah, but that's wholly true about the heptathlon. You saw so. with Dina, if she came home with a silver in the 200, it would be regarded as a failure. Cats would not be the case. Yeah. But with Cat, she hadn't tasted glory. So it's it's just it's six and six of one and mm. half a dozen of the other. Um, it's, it's such a tough so, one. So I also have to say that Kat went again, up against the very best and beat them. Lee, Dina didn't have that opportunity. Good point. In the okay. 200, I would agree. But yeah, no, so, no she, did, she did in the 100, but she lost. Uh-huh. So like in, in the 200 where, where she won, she didn't have the opportunity to go up against the very best and beat them. Hi, this is Sandy Morris and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Two final areas of business, both to do with presents. Very quickly, I loved this suggestion on Twitter. If you could give one present to a member of the athletics community, what would you give somebody and why? Shall I get the ball rolling? Yes, yes. please. I feel like people are <laughs> grappling around in their imaginary toy okay. workshops. Um, I'm going to give two. I'm going to give a GPS tracker to Christian Coleman <laughs> so we never lose him again. We can always know exactly where that young man is. My favourite tweet of the year when he so arrived in Doha good. and he put a, a pin, arrived in Doha, and I wrote, don't tell us. Tawada. And it got nothing. No response. Then about a month later, someone caught on to it and it went wildfire. So good. And my second one is, I'm going to give Mary Kane whatever she wants for being so brave and for speaking out and for being someone who honestly will change the face of the sport. 
and I want to give Yusuf Zatat a relay battle in a British vest. I would give Christian Taylor a a duvet because I think basically that's what he gives all of the athletics audience <laughs> basically a big hug. Oh. Oh. I thought you were going to say he sends them to sleep. <laughs> sends the World Athletics to sleep apparently that whole bloody event. And I'd like to I'd like to give someone like Roas just essentially a spotlight mm. to say oh. just so you know you are incredible and we do care. There you go. Okay, I'm going to give Elliot Kipchoge a rule book. <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. We're going to give one more person a present, and that is Jared TC, who left us a lovely review and said he always looks forward to this podcast. It's an athletics fan must and really funny. They love it. So, Jared, Yay. drop us a line. We will send you some track and field stash. And please, everybody who's listening, please do keep the reviews coming. We want to get better, and we also love hearing from you. I just want to say thank you for everybody who bothers to tune in yeah. <laughs> to our ramblings over the whole year. Um, and I just want to say a few thank yous to a few people on Twitter who've been like really big fans this year, have always tweeted us with um, when we ask questions. So number one, Jack Perryman, who is always the first to, to tweet us. <laughs> Chris Brown Sport and all our friends at Trackcastic. Mm-hmm. Um, to, um, sorry, to Sean Connerton to Lulabau, to Egan's Adventures, um, to Benji Davis, to Warriors, who is always, always chatting to us, always. I love it. Um, to Chrissy Darling, to George, to Mr. Henry G, to um, Hillary, Statman, Olympic Statman, and to everyone who engages with us on Twitter, thank you very, very much. We will be back in the new year. It's Olympic year! Radzi, we've been so, so mean to you about your ridiculous performance of the year, but will you come, <laughs> will you come back on the podcast? Absolutely, for even more abuse. And keep up, keep fighting the good fight, guys, because there aren't many Atleticos out there, and we've got to stick together, Absolutely. even though you're really wrong about that performance. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in to the Backstreet Boys and Girl podcast. You can find the boys... At Backstreet B. Woohoo! Radzi, what are you on Twitter? I am Radzi. No, no, but what are you on Twitter? <laughs> At I am Radzi. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, that was so bad. I'm at <laughs> I'm at Claire underscore G Thomas. I promise I'm funnier than that on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. <laughs>